Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Caregiver Dave Celebrity Segment. I'm excited to welcome the room. Caregiver Dave Nassani. Dave, how are you, man? And uh, you're hanging hey. out today, aren't you? Yeah, hanging out. Exactly. It's always a Friday hangout thing. And I'm uh, excited about our guest today. Uh, again, she's Sheila Houlihan. She's an actress and uh, for Hollywood. How are you, Sheila? And thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm great. How are you both good, doing? Good. You always love the Zoom thing. So let's talk about how you started in acting. Tell us that yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, I mean, I've been in, in entertainment since I was a little kid. Um, grew up singing and actually was on a track to do sort of classical music, you know, really rigid stuff. But storytelling was always my personal passion. So there was that like I started kind of veering towards opera because that was an interesting hybrid of classical music and storytelling. But as I got older, I was like, well, there's something missing in my experience. So I went to the Manhattan School of Music Conservatory to study. And I took a film acting class for fun with a roommate and, and one of my really good friends. So we were just like, well, this is weird. This is different from what we do. Because <laughs> normally with something like opera or musical theater, you know, you're standing on stage and you have to tell a story in this giant hall that could like hold ships right like obscenely large space exactly three thousand five thousand people and that requires like telegraphing your story on a large level right so suddenly switching it into how do you just reveal the story in a one-by-one -one <laughs> box much like we're on right now in zoom right how do you how do you live in this space <clears throat> was fascinating to me so at first it was a for fun and whatever thing. And then it morphed into me realizing like, wow, this is what I love. Um, maybe it's just a hobby. So then I, you know, kind of messed around with it as a hobby, but then stuff started happening for me pretty quickly. And there came a point where I had to choose. And I realized that screen acting was what I always wanted to do secretly and had just never really made space for that dream, you know? Hey, Sheila, you know, you were a child actor, so uh, you hear a lot of stories from other child actors, how they didn't have a life, they couldn't play, their mother was this, this monster who was taking them from, you know, audition to audition. What was it like for you? Did you have one of those stage moms? No, not at all. Um, my parents are great. They're lovely people. I think they really went into life being like, whatever she wants to do, that's fine. We don't care. You know, it was... When I was a kid, I remember they tried out like a bunch of different things. Like, do you want to try soccer or do you want to try um, a camp that's centered around like dissecting already dead animals? Like very strange camps. I remember being put in a lot to see like what's <clears throat> right. So they didn't have high aspirations. They just wanted me to be happy and performing really stuck. I got like deeply nerdy about it. That's and cool. They were like, whatever you want to do. But again, 
more of my childhood was sort of centered around balance, like be a good person, um, be like holistically educated in all things, value your relationships and your friendships and your life. And I think having that balance has helped to make my mindset about entertainment a lot healthier than it probably would have been. <laughs> Definitely seems like that. You have to have that thought process and you had a balance in certain ways. And that's important. When did you kind of say, you know what, this is, um, so what age were you when you said, I'm choosing, this is all I'm going to do. Cause you had other asks. I, I mean, it was, it was fairly, let's see. I mean, it's an interesting question because on the one hand, I knew I wanted to be a performer. Right. And I was probably like 13 when I was like, this is what I want to do. But in terms of what I'm actually doing with my career now, which is like primarily recorded work, you know, whether it be soundtrack recording for music or it be screen acting, that was really more, God, I want to say like 2015. So it was a more recent thing. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm very fortunate that stuff has happened pretty quickly um, and that I got to make that choice young in life. So where did you inherit all this talent? I mean, you sing too? Yes, yes. Um, that's a good question. I mean, I, so I'm, I also teach and I have a very specific approach in that I believe that everybody has a modicum of talent, right? And it's sometimes about just creating a space where you can figure out how the student can open up to that talent. I think a one size fits all approach has never worked for anything. So the fact that we use it for teaching kids about the arts always baffles me. Um, and I, you know, I hear a lot of people be like, oh, I could never sing or, oh, I could never do that. I'm like, no, you could. We would just have to find <laughs> out what your method is, right? Exactly. And so, and that method, and you said, so you started out, so really getting serious about 2015. So tell us some of the acting uh, roles you starting in 2015 you had. 2015 was when I booked my actual first professional gig. So it was still an indie film. It's a film that's really near and dear to my heart called The Meal with Dad. It was the first time I was paid for it. So, and then shortly thereafter, I booked a role on Z Nation and then I booked um, <clears throat> TNT. The network was doing a diversity initiative because I'm half Indian and they were like, hey, actors of color exist, let's promote them so that casting directors and producers know that they are here and that when they have to cast roles that are not necessarily white, that they can be like, here are talent who could step in and do that. So all that sort of happened in rapid succession in 2015. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's go for it. Why not? Let's see what happens. So you sound like you came from a great family, you know, a lot of family values, et cetera. Um, does faith play a part in your philosophy? And, and if so, which faith? Question. Yeah. So I, again, I'm half Indian, right? So I grew up in a multicultural home. My mom emigrated here from Mumbai in 1980. Uh, she was friends with my dad because she worked for my grandma. My grandma was her boss, dad's grandma, or dad's yeah. um, actually cousin type thing or whatever you have it. I don't know how to actually qualify the relationship. So <laughs> I just say grandma. Um but they didn't get together until about like 10 years later. And when they did, you know, we're talking about my dad who his family has, has been in the Pacific Northwest, will die in the Pacific Northwest, will always be here. Kind of like we came over on the Mayflower types, um, sort of a okay. Protestant upbringing, if you will. Whereas my mom practices Jainism. So I grew up in not only a multicultural household, but a multi-faith household. And then they sent me to Catholic school and none of us are Catholic. So I grew up, right, exactly. <laughs> so I grew up with exposure to all of these different faiths. And I'm really grateful for that because it showed me how to find universality 
in these different faiths, how to find the connective tissue. I think when you're a kid and you're exposed to multiple faiths, that's like how you stay sane. <laughs> how are these things the same so that I don't lose my mind jumping back and forth? But finding that connective tissue has actually enhanced my own spirituality. Um, whether or not I subscribe to one faith, I like to think of different faiths as different languages, all speaking the same truth. So that spirituality is still exactly. a great big part of yeah. myself and my work. So you booked different acting gigs. What would you say were your the, the most known roles you would kind of want to chat about today? And then we'll talk about your latest yeah. project. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say it's, it's uh, one of my latest roles is probably the one, which is I booked um, this great role opposite Denzel Washington and the little things wow. on HBO max this past January and February, very wild to do that kind of a um, release, but have it be all virtual exactly. impacted by COVID. Yeah, but um, good, that good. was that was really the thing that changed it for me, where this wasn't just a dream that I was pursuing, you know, and haphazardly and going, God, I hope this happens. But no, actually, you, you hit it's it. happening, you know? Yeah. So the last year was tough for everybody, especially in your industry. How did COVID affect you? And, uh, you know, was it mostly good, mostly bad? Uh, are you over it now? I mean, yeah. tell us about that. God, I mean, you know, I think- Take a breath been, first, of course. Yeah, I know, like oh, the heaviest question. You know, I, I think it's similar to a lot of folks where there are some, I, I know that I have a lot of luck and I have a lot of gratitude that there are many elements of this year that have made my life better. And I know that that really, I think it highlights the difference between the haves and the have nots, right? Where, are, how are people struggling versus thriving in this time? But I have- lost a lot of family this year. A lot of family has passed, a lot of friends. Um, and you know, there's the grief that comes with a major world event that suddenly displaces every single person's life. So I'm right. definitely still processing that, right? I mean, right. I didn't work in 2020. I'm working again now, but I wasn't really, I mean, I was actually going to grad school online no. to pass the time. But other than that, it was... <laughs> Well, that's good. It's a abrupt shift. Yeah. I left Los Angeles to come up to take care of my parents because they're older and, you know, grew up with that strong family values, as you said. So I was like, well, I want to be here to make sure they're okay. Nothing's happening in go. LA anyways. I'll go back <laughs> when this is done. <laughs> I'm going to get away from COVID, go back to living things. Now, when you auditioned, yeah. did mm -hmm. you even know Denzel Washington was going to be part of it? Okay, so I'm such a huge this. fan. See, Dave is not as much of a fan of ah. television, TV, film. <laughs> you say Denzel Washington, I say, oh my gosh, Denzel. <laughs> okay. He said, oh my gosh, too. I oh, said. Dave, not enough to that point. Come on. I love it. Opposite oh Denzel Washington. I don't watch HBO. It's so funny. I was had another actress on that's, yeah. uh, it's the, uh, you missed it, Dave. You, you, you bailed last week. She was the, <laughs> she was the bad guy uh, that's going to kill Selena. And I can't forget her name. I had her on last week. And you mean the bad girl, no? One that killed yeah. Selena. She plays the actress that oh, killed so the, cool. the, the yeah, and, and Selena yeah, on I saw that. And so I was just saying, and she talked about having another show on HBO. And I said, I don't have HBO. And you're going to say to me, what? We'll get a free yeah, trial. So Dave, do you have HBO? I'm going to get a free trial. There it is. Oh, right see, I'm better. I just got Hulu, so I'm getting better. So now I got Netflix and Hulu oh, and I Disney. I the Pretty Little um, Wines Moms <laughs> when they were promoting HBO Max. You remember the whole 
that the, they came out, they had a podcast promoting and their sponsor was HBO Max. And they were talking yeah. about Pretty Little Liars, how they were running all that. Never watched all that either. Mm. But again, that's available on HBO Max as well. But you're not here to promote HBO Max. But <laughs> no, just talking about the whole Denzel thing. So, yeah. yeah, so let's find out the role. So you audition. Do you know Denzel's part of this? Right. So let me, we're going to have to back it up a little bit further. I want to do this. Yes, let's do that. My agent sent me the audition and was like, yeah, let us know if you want to go in. And I look at it and I see that it may involve nudity. Now there's no information about Denzel or the studio behind it. Right. So I see this. (laughs) So I see this and I'm like, God, is this like another weirdo indie film where it's like director, producer, writer is the same guy. And he's like, come film this movie in my bedroom naked. (laughs) And that's Hollywood for you, right? Right, exactly. So I called my manager and I was like, what is this? Like, I'm I'm debating passing. And he was like, listen, this is a Warner Brothers film. You would be playing with Denzel Washington. Reconsider. And I was like, okay, you're right. Sorry. Right. Okay. Yep. We're on board. Um, And I... I quickly threw together my audition. It was a self-tape, so it was like on my phone. <laughs> they sent the scene that they wanted me to do. Um, it didn't even involve another person speaking lines with me. It was very um, sort of thrown together, if you will. But the material really spoke to me because it was about Denzel's character having a problem letting go of the grief because he felt responsible for a couple teenage girls being killed. So it was me coming in as sort of this trauma ghost being like, it's okay to let go. You can move on and it's it's fine. <laughs> I'm not holding this against you. So working with that material and sort of like coming in as that spirit and and trying to be as like soothing and slow as possible, it just felt really aligned. Uh, and then, yeah. you know, a couple weeks later, I went in to do that again with the casting director and John Lee Hancock and Mark Johnson, the main producer. And it was fun. We all just played in the room with it. And then I found out that evening I got the job. Ah! Well, let's find out about the role because I've not watched it. And Dave sure. definitely has an HBO, but he's getting the trial. <laughs> but go ahead and tell us your role. Yeah, I played Paige Callahan. <laughs> and she is one of three women that Denzel couldn't save. So the, the film sort of revolves around there's this new series of murders that happened to young women. And it turns out it might be connected to a case that Denzel couldn't solve that involved my character and two other women. Um, so he has to team up with Rami Malek's character, who's the new hotshot guy assigned to the case and sort of combine past and present to see if they can try to find it. But it also highlights how our own bias kind of follows us as we're trying to solve something right that like this right like that's a movie not a series it was a movie yes it's a movie it's a feature film (laughs) so you bring up you bring up a good point you know um would you consider a nudity role i mean uh you think about your parents you know yeah yeah some people do and some people don't i mean where where do you feel my take on it is that i don't mind if it's in service of the story you know, if it's nudity for the sake of nudity, I'm like, okay, do we need the nudity guys? Like, come on. Right. But if it is actually tangibly relevant to the story, my feeling is it's a body. We've seen bodies before. It's not, it's fine. And I will always warn my loved ones and be like, hey, if this is disturbing to you, skip this one. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and you were reminding me about when I said HBO Max, when I was reading it, that all the movies because they weren't going in the theater were going out and some of them were going out on HBO Max. That's another mm-hmm. thing. 
See, yeah. I didn't. So that so soon it is going to be available, not just there, right? It's going to be available other places too, right? Because it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It already had its theatrical run, but that was in January and February. So of course, everybody was still in quarantine, um, which was wild to be like, there is a movie with my name on it in theaters and I can't go to it. Yeah, but it's got to be your next step. It's meaning yeah. you get something like that, then you go and your agent says, uh, sends, hey, do you want, uh, do you want Sheila uh, Houlihan? Oh, I know Sheila. She was in, in the, or they might not know you and they'd say, oh, she just was opposite Denzel Washington. Oh, yes, uh, we definitely are interested in her. So it's a lot easier yeah. to do now, right? Well, I might have secret things of that ilk that I can't talk about yet, but stay I know, but it's true. Yeah, okay. Uh, but so <laughs> what other projects, but I'm just interested in finding out what else you got going on right now. Yeah, totally. So I'm actually, I, the press release just dropped today, but I am lead actress and executive producer, producer for a new hybrid film that's coming to Twitch. We're actually officially partnered with Twitch. Um, wow. And it, I say hybrid because half of it is going to be filmed traditionally like a movie, like filmed, edited, put together. And the other half is actually going to be live. So we're sort of trying to test the bounds with what can cinema do? What can we do with the technology that we've all become used to? over the pandemic to sort of incorporate live performance with pre-recorded. Ah, see, and, Dave, you know uh, what I'm going to bring up. Dave, what am I going to bring up? But I'm going to let you go to the next question because I'm getting into this live stuff more and more, Dave, aren't I? Not here's uh, not live. Clubhouse. 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 Have you heard of Fireside. Clubhouse? Fireside. I'm a fire oh, yeah, clubhouse, creator. Yeah. I'm, I, but I'm also, are you on, you're on, you're on Clubhouse. So mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, I got to follow you. But FYI, <laughs> also, I'm a Fireside creator. So Mark Cuban's app that he's drawn, um, dropped with uh uh Fallon Fatami I was they'd only let certain people in the Ooh. phase be creators and now I'm looking at you know going after huge celebrities to come on that but I'll be able to syndicate it because it's recorded and then goes out everywhere isn't that pretty cool oh, so, so cool. I just I had a meeting with the creators this week and then yeah. that's when they said you better step it up you know so you, you're awesome but they're like you bet you got to start bringing celebrities on or oh, the people, yeah. Instead of you know, you're just grabbing your friends and people from Clubhouse. No, now it's time to, it's yeah. now it's time to draw. You're good at this. It's time for you to. Uh, so I'm now looking at a lineup. It's funny. I, I did. I did a live. I do a live every day, 2 p.m. Eastern on Fireside. So if people on Fireside DM me. They can become. Uh, I can get them in the back door because it's still you know in 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 uh, beta. But what I ended up doing is I had I just my entrepreneur story part two I had, and yeah. guess I um someone that came on stage that I said come on people come up on stage. Yes. was a New York Times bestselling author. So she'll be one of my guests next week. She is 18 time New York Times bestselling author. Dude. Oh my gosh. And you think that's in the audience, right? Go figure uh, social audio, even though yeah. Fireside is not social audio. It's storytelling. But yeah. I like, see, I'm coming back to the connection of Twitch yeah. and saying, oh my gosh, you're talking about a film or a show that's live. It's yeah. because of what's happening in our industry, right? It's becoming yeah. so different, right? In the interactivity exactly. of the audience. Exactly. And I think like what excites me about getting to do this with Twitch is when you go to the film, you know, when you go to the movie theater to see a film, right? You see the film probably maybe with other people and then you leave and you talk about the film with that little circle or maybe on social media, but there isn't actually room for a widespread conversation with the audience simultaneously. What's cool about Twitch is that the entire audience has access to being able to talk with each other as the show is happening. Exactly. So 
the piece is um, an adaptation of Marsha Norman's Pulitzer Prize winning show, uh, Night Mother. And it details mental health, suicide, <laughs> grief, which is something really near and dear to my heart. Um, we've yeah, reset yeah. it to actually exist over a Zoom call in the pandemic because we want to highlight how this, you know, that we're doing right here for 14 months, of course, has impacted all of us. So we're not shying away from that. It's a strong conversation. I'm so excited. We have like an Oscar nominated DP cinematographer and Eli Reed reached out and wants to do all the stills photography, which I'm just like, wow. can't believe yeah. this is happening. So we're going to partner with the National Action Alliance for Suicide Prevention. Like this is really, it's this is work. really taking yeah. on its yeah. own yeah. life. And I'm, I'm grateful that the first kind of inauguration of this hybrid pioneer project is going to be about something important that affects all of it us. Needs to go live. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it goes live end of summer 2021. So I will send the date as that comes out. We'll have like awesome. three weeks notice and then I'll just tell everyone, hey, it's live. <laughs> Any other projects to report or that was the big thing you're doing is talking. That's the big thing I can talk about. There's something else that's coming out in 2022 that I cannot talk about yet. Well, that, at least you're you know. talking about those projects, right? That's a good thing. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, there's something. Who knows what it is? Yay. Stay yeah, tuned. So, so basically, but you're still promoting playing opposite Denzel Washington, right? Especially when it, <laughs> is it not, isn't gone available everywhere else now? Like, Yeah, I think it's open. Like, it's on Amazon Prime and Apple, and it's on all the It's on Amazon Prime? No? Now. Okay. I believe so. Okay, yeah. that's going to be on my list tonight to watch. Hey, got Amazon, great. See, I have to remember these things, Dave, and you got to remind me what to watch next. And so yeah. like, I have, uh, and that's what, that's what I do. I watch the people I interviewed say, okay, then I'll watch the show yeah. and then I get hooked. And then <laughs> the farm. family, I got a weird story. I had somebody I feature for uh, sports category. I'm a sports category director for podcast magazine. Mm -hmm. And it was a Netflix. Um, oh, um, last chance you. And I didn't know who I was interviewing. because I'd never watched any of the last chance. You have you ever watched any of the last chance you's? Okay, that's about sports and college football and basketball where they their last chances they're in junior colleges. And this coach, and I'm interviewing this guy, had no idea about his controversy, got fired from the show and all this stuff. Then I go and watch it after and I'm like, oh my gosh, if I watch oh. questions what I have asked, but I just had to get a you know a thing. His name's Jason Brown. You have to look him up, watch Last exactly. Chance of You. You'd like it. It's good on Netflix because we're in pandemic mode, but those are the things you just never know, but you become friends with them. And then what if you interviewed the first time, then you become friends. You're like, what just happened? It's what? Just, yeah, it's, wild. I can't believe I would have understood why you swore a few times and you're talking like this. I'm like, oh my gosh. Dave, <laughs> how many times do you go back after I've interviewed people? You have no idea who they are because right. Dave is not pop culture. No, here's a good story to rip on Dave. All right, Dave, you ready for this one? <laughs> I got Dave red carpet pictures. Uh, red carpet for this big event. I was so mad. I was, I was trying to, they turned me down for interviews or something. Or, and then I said, okay. And then somehow Dave got his way into the red carpet. Like Ooh. I thought I was going to do interviews before it happened. Dave gets his way into the red carpet, but he doesn't know the people he's taking pictures of. Who, <laughs> who did you, who are you re-interviewing on the red carpet, Dave? You got uh, Aston Kutcher. He what? Didn't, didn't, I know, I know who he is, but I didn't recognize him. Oh, I, then, I don't blame uh, you. I'm like that too. I, I, I can't, rec like someone has to tell me who they are. <laughs> and the CEO of Salesforce, a billionaire. What? You know. Oh my God. So, and then, and then someone who I thought was, um, uh, was, uh, oh my gosh, 
bad with names. Old rock star. He's old now, you know. Oh, I know. Barry I, Manilow. Barry Manilow. Yeah, well, you, Barry you, Manilow you said too? it was somebody else. Who do you think it was? Rod Stewart. I, yeah, he looks like Rod Stewart. Oh my god! <laughs> and so I was waiting. I was waiting to talk to him. And his his friend says, "Oh, you, you like a picture with uh, with Barry?" And I says, "That's not Rod Stewart." He says, "No, and don't tell him who you thought he was." I oh said, my god! Because <laughs> apparently oh. he gets mistaken for him all the time. You know. Wow. So it's not that's unusual. so funny. I have no idea what happened in that one, Dave. I thought I was going to do interviews, and then somehow Dave said. Okay, I got red carpet. Can you go, Dave? They said they only want the big boys there. ABC, NBC, you know, what? Fox, all these people. So we we just says we're going. We're going to get in. Yeah. Somehow we're going to get in. And we, yeah. we squeeze past After the security. After I got invited, but I have no idea they what they're change the venue. Yeah. And where there's a will, there's a way. And we got in, man. Oh, my gosh. Good job. Wow. What a funny you learn how to do that. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. It's hilarious. And then when we got there... There were four empty media spots. They didn't even show up. What? Oh my gosh! Didn't even because come. Because there was the fires, Dave. But that was also the damn time of the fires. Yeah. All right. Dave has his caregiver. Dave's question. Go ahead and ask your caregiver question. Well, it sounds like you're a caregiver too. So <laughs> yeah. I'm known as caregiver Dave because my wife suffered a stroke about oh I don't know 25 years ago. Lost her speech. Became paralyzed on one side. And so I noticed that there were other people who out there making the same mistakes that I did. So I, I became Dave, the caregiver's caregiver. I now host a popular syndicated radio show. I'm writing my fourth book. I've been on 44 TV shows all across the country. And so I believe that if you're not a caregiver, just wait. You're either going to become one, you're going to need one. And now's the time to learn how to do it. So my question to you, since I, I already know you, you watch your parents on occasion because they're getting older, you're worried about them. What other caregiving ex experiences have you had? Oh, so many. I mean, apart from just other family, uh, I mean, all of my grandparents have passed away at this point and we were in, I was in caregiving roles for all of them, but I think- Good for you. To, thank you. To expand it, I mean, I think that we all, I like to think this is my own duty. I'm not gonna put that on anybody else, but we all do have an opportunity to be stewards and caregivers to everybody we meet, right? Like I talked about that this show is about mental health. This this Night Mother production is near and dear right. to my heart because it is about us. It is about something that affects all of us. So I have stood countless times with friends, family, acquaintances who have been <laughs> staring into that void and have sat with them and went, you know, I don't, I don't want you to jump in it, but I will sit with you here while you ride out this wave. And mm. I know intimately firsthand you know, having been in that position myself with, with friends and loved ones sitting with me, waiting for me to get past that own wave, you know, like it's, I think it's something you have to really experience to recognize that this is an integral part of what it means to be a human being. But I do agree with you, Dave, that being a caregiver, in my opinion, and it, it could be a cultural thing growing up Indian, you know, that um, being a caregiver is one of the greatest honors that we can take on as human beings. And it's inherently always going to be a part of who I am and is a part of my value set. Yeah. And caregivers suffer from burnout. 30% of them yeah. die or their loved ones do. So wow. I created caregiverdave.com, an online support group. So if you know any uh, caregivers who are suffering, just send them to caregiverdave.com. It's a free membership site. And they've got some free gifts there. I'll give them a free book. They get some coaching from me because, you know, they're not doing stuff just exactly right. They need to be counseled. 
Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you for that work. That's so no. wonderful. Thank Absolutely. you. Well, thanks, Sheila. We appreciate it. Where's the best place to connect with you? Social media? Uh, Instagram. It, just at Sheila Houlihan. That's the place that I'm active the most. And certainly when the show starts getting information about what date we air, tune in to see when. And also other secrets that I can't drop yet, I will reveal on my Instagram first. All right. Sounds good, <laughs> Sheila. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Thank you. Thank All right, you. guys. All right. Thanks, Dave. All right, guys. That was the Caregiver Dave Celebrity segment. Take care, guys. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download, free to play. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more. Download Celebrity Slots today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Light in the Morning podcast. I'm excited to welcome the program, Morgan Le Margo Lemmark. Happy birthday, Margo. I had to say that. How are you? Thank you, Neil. <laughs> I appreciate part of your birthday. You're spending time with me uh, to do your podcast. So I, I wanted to talk about our topic today, and that, again, is celebrating the moments in our life, the special moments, the little moments. I think that we miss out a lot when it comes to things like this, don't we? Yes, we do. And it's so important to do. And I think it's becoming more and more apparent how important it is. Um, as time goes on with this COVID thing and people being at home, now we get to go out a little bit more. And once we're starting to go out and see some people, we're realizing the importance of being together, celebrating, appreciating every single moment we have. So, yeah, I think it's become very apparent to most of us how important that is. And we, what we miss is, you know, even though when bad things are happening, why don't we focus on those good moments? Because if we allow ourselves to focus on the bad moments, it does nothing but stress us out, drain us, and we miss the good moments that happen to us during the day. That's exactly right. It's the whole be here now thing. You know, if you have to just turn off the news, turn off the news. Believe me, I have. And I feel much better. I mean, I tune in every once in a while to make sure we still have a world and a president and things like that. But but I just turn off a lot of it just because I it, it's just too depressing. And so, yeah, I think it's really important where we put our attention. And this idea of celebration, I, I really do want to talk about it because I have a very current incident. Um, recently, I had to put my dog down and it's the hardest thing maybe I've ever done. Oh it, gosh, it, it was yeah. just so hard. And so what we did, and, and I want to explain the progression of this just to show you the importance of celebration. And, you know, it's, it's important to grieve and you have to go through the grief and I have been grieving. But other than when you're not feeling that, um, it's important to honor 
everything. And so what I started to do is honor my dog. She was, um, you know, she's buried outside my house down the hill and the hill was so steep. I couldn't get to it. We could, you know, you'd take a few sideward steps and you'd slide into the next tree and then you'd take a few more steps and slide into the tree. That's how steep it is. So I called some friends of mine and asked them if they would put some little steps down to the grave so we could make a beautiful garden out of it. So they did. And then we went to get some more, um, you know, more plants and things. And we were at Walmart and I saw this swing. And I looked at my friend Lena and I went, ooh. And she goes, yes. So she grabbed the swing, put it in her truck. We bring it home. And they ended up, she and her brother ended up creating this flat area in this steep hill to put the swing and they they really secured it with a little path and cement and a little retaining wall and then I decided um once a month I have this party it's called Margarita Wednesday <laughs> and the people in my office come <laughs> oh, and they have margaritas oh, oh, goodness <laughs> that's great I love that yeah yeah, yeah. And we've been doing that for a long time, except for COVID. And so now we're having the first one in about a year and a half. And I said, oh, Lena, we need 15 seats down here. We need to fit everybody down here. So they created another flat area right around the swing, right around Bindi's little grave, which we've turned into this beautiful garden. And it's so incredible because what's happened as a result of that, it's sort of like Bindi made us do it. My dog just made us stay with her. And now all the neighbors are coming over, swinging in the swing, reading a book on the swing, and everybody's using, everybody is celebrating Bindi in this little area and everybody's enjoying it. And so when you put your attention on celebrating something, it can really turn into something beautiful. And so now I have this beautiful yard in my backyard where I couldn't even get to before. And we get to hang out with Bindi and it's the most incredible space with a little swing and stools. And now we're even gonna put an outdoor theater out there. <laughs> so there is yeah. an example of celebrating. De definitely. And I think that self, we talked about remembering a loved one in last week's last month's podcast and it's kind of like this one is more telling us okay we remembered things now we're going to really celebrate times when we had the person but also celebrate just celebrate our life because we never know when it's going to be the time as you talked about living your life like it's their last day every day but those moments and what steps do you think our listeners can take today to celebrate those moments? Well, I think right now, they should just celebrate wherever they are. Just just li literally, in celebration doesn't mean, you know, fireworks necessarily. It just means really looking around and appreciating. I can't even tell you how many times I look around and I just appreciate my chandelier or my dining room table or just where I live or my neighbors or just look around and in whatever moment you are living right now, look around and appreciate what you have and realize that most people or a whole bunch of people in life don't have what you have. And when you start living that appreciation, your life does become a celebration. That is how every moment becomes a celebration. Wow. Okay. So that's one thing looking at the world around us. That's a great, and look at our, our special times. Any other times how you can really 
set up that really remember to, to celebrate those moments? Is it after a moment happens? It's a great moment to really jot it down, maybe in a journal or do something. What would you recommend? Sure. That, that, I'm sure you have a, do you journal? That's a good question, Margo. Do you journal? Oh, that, that is a really good question. I'm an author and I don't even journal. Um, I wish I had because I would have had 20 books out by now just on different things in my life. But um, I think journaling is is a wonderful thing to do. And when you journal, you know, you just sit and you start writing and just let it rip, knowing that nobody's going to read it. So you can just get your thoughts out. I think that's a wonderful thing to do. I think if you're an artist, just sit down and grab a brush, you know, or pick up the phone and call somebody. There, there's all kinds of things you can do, and it doesn't have to be a creative outlet. It can just be anything. Just go grab your cat or your dog and start petting them. That process of doing that, just it, it, it puts you in the moment because there's nothing else you can do in that moment. You're just petting your dog. You know what I mean? There's, there's just all kinds of things you can do, but, but you have to realize you can just do it in the moment. You don't have to have any props. No props at all. Yeah, just see, do see, yeah. And yeah. The, what were you say? And I was gonna say is that journaling idea I have is huge for our listeners because, wow, you had one of those you know awesome days. Wow, it, 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 five o'clock ends and you're like, you know, you killed it at work. You had great sales, or you were just on fire today. And then tomorrow you might be completely on the ground in pain for some reason. Yeah. So I think that celebrating those great moments and really understanding, wow, they're fleeting. D- they d- are fleeting d- like truly. everything yes, else. That's, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. I mean, it just makes me think that. So journaling was something I gave up and I gave as an idea. And I said, well, we should do that. What other ways can we celebrate these great moments? Well, that's what I'm saying. You you just pick anything you want to do in that moment. And and this is what I really mean by by calling somebody or telling somebody about your great day. That's a great way to celebrate your day is call a friend and tell them about it. Um, Call a friend, take them out to lunch and tell them about it. Um, Think of a new uh, a a new activity you want to do and call somebody and do it. I, I think the best way to celebrate is actually to take an action. Just take some kind of action, whether it's picking up that pen and journaling or whether it's picking up a phone and calling somebody or whether it's picking up a paintbrush or whether it's calling your friend and asking him to make some stairs down to this garden. I I think action is what creates the celebration. You can do it within. Certainly, that's kind of a meditative way. But but some type of action like you're talking about is 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 the way to celebrate. But I think the important thing to remember is you can celebrate any moment, any given moment. You can just walk outside take a walk and pick some flowers you you can you you can go to a park and sit in a bench and people watch all of that it it doesn't have to be a party you know anything can become a party you know with however you make it and i think that's the important thing to remember is it's all stems from appreciation that day that you're talking about at work that is appreciation of a great successful day and so it all starts with that appreciation and gratitude for what you have. And, you know, if, as long as you can create that in your heart, that just springs into joy. And if you can spring that into action, it becomes a celebration. 
and this all stemmed from uh, Margot saying it's her birthday. I wasn't planning on this being the episode, but I said, let's do this. <laughs> and let's let, either. Exactly. And it's celebrating. And I, I think about it in, in so many ways since I uh, left my day job and now I'm back to my business full time, how much I was dying inside not to do what I love. Really? Exactly. I mean, seriously. I don't know if you can tell it in the tone of my voice, Margo. Tell it. Yeah, you the, sound the, really the, happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, just today, I've been killing it. But meaning, since I uh, Clubhouse and since uh, just you know becoming uh, a, a voice that's a leader, not just finally getting feedback from others. It's just like you know, it's, it just continues to make you grow and it continue to make you excited. And I think with you in real estate, Margo, when you're doing so well and so successful and people see, wow, you're great at what you do, it makes you feel really good. And I think we have to take those celebrations anytime we can and look, and I think, and just say, wow, how lucky am I that I'm on top of the world, at least if even it's the smallest place in the world that people look at me and say, they're really good at what they do. Exactly. And, you, you know, speaking of real estate, I'll tell you what makes it successful is every time you get with one of the, those clients, you just enjoy the heck out of them. We have so much fun when we show real estate. People think you've got to be really serious. And no, you don't. You have to do a really good job and take your job seriously and really do right by your clients. But you just enjoy it. I, I have made so many friends from real estate because we've had such a great time looking for property. And sometimes it's pretty intense, but it, that's all part of this celebration. It's all part of that appreciation you're saying it, it, what, that we're talking about. And if every client you look at and you appreciate them for coming into your life and offering you this chance to help them, that's a celebration. A huge celebration. It's one that huge, huge, and uh, and not everyone has that, and I feel bad for that for sure. I do too. I do too. Because if they could have that, they'd have a much better life. <laughs> the life would be more fun. It'd be more successful. They'd attract more to them. That celebra celebratory appreciation is what attracts things to you, and then your life just sort of becomes a party. <laughs> and how do like you? How do you? How do you? Party. How do you? How do you celebrate your birthday? Tell us. Well, how I'm celebrating my birthday is I used to manage a rock band and the front man of the band, his name is Adam Music. He's unbelievably fantastic musician. I mean, that's his name. Guess what he's supposed to do for a living? So he's playing tonight. Now he's got a one-man band. We're going to go see him. A bunch of our friends are going out and it's just going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to this celebration. Awesome. First time out in a long time. <laughs> okay. So yes, exactly. Website for more info. Where can we go? lightinthemorning.com www.lightinthemorning m-o-u-r-n-i-n-g dot com and you can check out your book make sure people talk about your podcast write some reviews and I appreciate it Margo we'll talk soon okay sounds great Neil thanks so much alright guys that was the Light in Morning podcast take care Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Photographic Memory Podcast. I'm excited to welcome Dr. Shannon Panzo. 
Dr. Shannon, another beautiful day in Australia. And I, I again, I guess when when the tables turn, it'll be summer for me. It'll be colder for you so that I can say something. But it's still beautiful always in Australia, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, today, the sun's out. Um, humidity's up a little bit. Um, nothing like having a little bit of a uh, weather show, but that's okay. Uh, it is summer here, so you can expect that. And, uh, yeah, it's, it is a good day. Well, so Dr. Shannon Panzo is not just a photographic memory expert, mental photography expert, but also a brain management expert, and lastly, a mentor. So there's many different ways by going to zuxpro.com to learn about all the different benefits that Dr. Panzo, uh, Dr. Shannon can take care and help you. So let's go to our topic today. We covered, I guess, do you want to summarize or we're going to go to the next area of our conversation well, that we covered? Yeah. We... Obviously, this is the, the photographic memory podcast. Uh, you know, we deal with the photographic memory. It's a natural, automatic thing that you are already have within you. Um, most people just lost touch with it. What we're doing is we're utilizing the mental photography that I teach to get people reacquainted with using the mental photography or the photographic memory. The... Um, this enables people to take in huge amounts of information and, uh, and exercise their brain in phenomenal ways. And that leads us to basically who can benefit. Exactly. And that's the fun part, right? Who could benefit? Oh, yeah. Well, everyone can actually benefit. But today, uh, today we're breaking it down into certain types of people. In certain and professions, because certain professions need to have uh, a certain memory versus others or can so that they can be very successful in those areas with the photographic memory. Right. 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 So let's say, uh, let's say you're professional, you're climbing the corporate ladder and uh, you need, uh, you need a lot more information than where you are currently. This is a great way to get that information very quickly so that you can climb the corporate ladder. It also, by doing so, it's very self-accomplishing. So it'll give you a lot more confidence in what you're doing every day. And it'll, it'll raise your productivity level because you can accomplish things in a timely fashion. You can accomplish things much quicker. You can deal with the information quicker. And, uh, and so there's, there's all types of time saving and time management things built into this for you. So really, if you're the, if you're the type of person that wants to climb in a professional environment, this is something you need to do. Uh, I often talk about the, uh, the water cooler. You know, you have everybody gathered around the water cooler and everybody's thinking the same thing. Oh, Doggone it, I got to go back to my desk. I got to <laughs> yeah. look at that big stack of whatever it is that I have to go through, whether it be documents or emails or what have you. And I got to go through it. And it's just daunting, the, the amount of information that people have to go through daily. And, uh, and worse, if you're a decision maker, you have to go through all that information and make decisions upon what you've gleaned from whatever that information is about. Well. The typical water cooler, uh, the water cooler uh, talk would be, "Gee, I wish I had a photographic memory." Yeah, <laughs> because it would make my life so much easier. Well, 
bing, you have a photographic memory already. You were born with it. It's natural. And now the, the issue is, is most people do not have a grasp of what that means. They do not actually use it. So what I do is I show people how to get reacquainted with using their photographic memory and using it in their professional environment and what have you. Now, the photographic memory also leads to, whenever you're using the photographic memory and exercising that, it also leads for you to have a great memory overall. It actually, the mental photography stimulates your dendrites or your, um, your memory storage uh, compartments of your brain. It stimulates the growth of more of those. So you're naturally gaining more memory. Right. Okay. So you're able to memorize, essentially, more things. Now, this isn't typical memory. Uh, memorization, which is, uh, you know, cup and hook type method. This is memory. It's natural. It stays with you. It's just something that you continue to use. Right. Okay. And so that's, now, that's, so that's interesting. Dr. Shannon, when you talk about that, that basically you're kind of just getting what you were born with and get it back working again. Right. That's pretty right. much. Yeah. You, you get it working for you. That's the main thing. You want it to work for you because this is, this is the whole crux of everything that you're doing in life. You want you want your particular system, your individual system, you want it to work for you. That's really important. Uh, along, along with time management skills, you also gain, now because, you're, because your daily life tends to be more orderly, you also decrease stress. That's a right. great boon. Yes. You can take away stress. How many people are completely stressed out from day to day? Their right, adrenals right. are flying out. Their cortisol is up. They're gaining weight. They, they can't get a good night's sleep. Oh, geez, what am I going to do next? Well, use the method. The method helps you in all these different things. Also, whenever you're dealing in a professional environment, I don't, I don't care if it's a professional environment, a neutral environment, your family environment, whatever. Communication skills are paramount. And by using, by using this methodology, you gain better communication skills. Okay. It's another one of those natural progressions. You, you learn more. You learn more about the people you're around. You have insights because you now have uh, you now have the, the free time to actually observe those insights within you and make better, better calls. You also have all this extra information, all this great information that you can uh, fall back on to make better decisions. And if you make better decisions, you enter into less arguments. Right, exactly. This, this, this occurs not only at your work, but also at home. Right. So you want to, uh, so you want to actually take that opportunity and, uh, have better communication skills. And of course, with all of this, uh, with all these different things, you might have a bit of a positive mental attitude coming on board. You might right. be able to think a lot more positively about your environment and the things that you have to go through.
Correct. Stop worrying about so much. Hey, what am I supposed to do here? I have this great new employer that wants to bring me on board as a consultant to prove that whatever it is that they are doing is the best thing so that they can put that out through PR and what have you. And in my heart, I know that that isn't the truth. Well, this is this is what the cigarette industry did for years and years that right. said smoking was good for you <laughs> because they used scientific consultants that said, you know, they wiggled the numbers and they said likewise. Now, those people got paid a lot of a lot of good money to do so. And that's fine because they were they were putting their livelihood on the line. But was it the truth? Not necessarily so. So you have to come down to what your integrity is saying is the right thing for you. So in science, I guess one of the critical uh, one of the critical features is finding and knowing what the truth really is. And this is this is a something that you have to look at from a judgment call. It's something that uh, will wear upon a person simply because if they make the wrong decisions. So the more information that they get about a particular topic and the more that they're able to deal with that information, well, then the better at doing their job and the better at making their own decisions as to what their path is going to take. Correct. Correct. Now, that's a little bit convoluted, but it, it is yeah. actually very worthwhile. It makes sense. And that's where you're looking at specifically those details. What about for, you know, fire, EMS? police officers, things like that. Okay. Uh, one of the big aspects with with regards of the Zoxpro training is we teach people how to be a lot more aware of their surroundings, uh, have a higher degree of perception, awareness around them seven to 10 times what you would, no what you would normally experience. Now, essentially, what this means is you get great intuition. You get great feedback of your surroundings. And there's many, many examples of this. Uh, whenever you have uh, whenever you have people that are in emergency cir circumstances, like police, firemen, the police that have been on, on the job for a long, long time, you'll find that they have a, a second nature to them. They simply know how to dodge the bullet, if you will. And these are the, it's always, it's always a new guy that winds up uh, right. getting injured because they haven't, they haven't gotten those ropes yet. They haven't gotten the feel for it yet. Uh, the same thing is true with firemen, uh, firemen and just emergency workers in general. You tend to develop a sixth sense about these things. Well, again, what does Oxpro do? It teaches people how to develop those particular things. What about parenting? Parenting. Oh, you got to have eyes in the back of your head there. Exactly. Um, well, parenting. Let's go back to communication skills. <laughs> uh, intuition. Yes. Communication skills. Decision making. Uh, positive mental attitude. Problem solving. All these things have to do with, with your family life. Now, there is actually an overlap between the professional nature and your parenting skills and your home life. And that is whenever you have a bad day at work, 
what do you do? You bring it home. Whenever you have a bad day at home, you take it to work. Well, that's not productive in either case. So once you are actually being productive in one or both of those areas, it is reflected into the other area as well. It's very holistic. So if you have a good day at work, you come home and you have a better day at home. Even though it feels like the ground's shaking and the world's falling apart, you're still having a better day than what you had the day before when you didn't have that. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense what the photographic memory does to help in that those parenting skills for sure. And then students, common sense, no brainer. Uh, students are going to be able to memorize more. They're going to be able to read faster. They're going to be able to answer questions more quickly, and they're going to ace the. It's going to be easier to study than before the Zuckerberg method. For students, this is a godsend. Uh, I, I tell students all the time. Because let's say you're going to university. If you go to university for every hour that you spend in the classroom, you're supposed to be spending three to four hours in the library or at study, diligently studying whatever the topic is. So that's four to five hours for each hour that you actually are attending, uh, attending school. Now, do you want to have a life while you're at university? Well, I have a I have a gentleman that uh, his name is his name is Michael. Uh, Michael was your average student. He wasn't doing too good. He he got through high school okay, and then he goes into university and he's failing miserably. He's just he's tanking it, and so he he comes to me and he says, you know, Doctor Shannon, right. I got to do something here. You know, I got to have a, I got to create a professional life for myself. My family expects it. I expect it. I have higher goals in this. Show me how to do this. So, of course, that's, that's what happens. I show him how to do it. And he then goes on to basically, he hardly even attends university. And the, the, the game in the university is everything is book knowledge. And so what he would do is he would take all the books, he would photograph all the books, turn around, pass all the tests. He right. would study maybe 10 minutes a week to do this. My goodness. And he hardly ever attend classes except to take the exams. Right. And this is, this is how he went through college. He's now a doctor of Chinese medicine. He travels all over the world. Okay. So this is a type of, these are the types of people that I have the opportunity to train is people that want more out of life. They know there's a better way. They can't stand the slow, ridiculous pace that everything is set for them. So they come to me and they find out how to do it in a much more accelerated rate. See, that's fantastic. So I can't believe... We're close to running out of time, and uh, this has been such great information, Dr. Shannon. Anything else to add? Of these, We talked about the different professions and then also some testimonials. Anything else to add today? Uh, one more testimonial. Uh, since, we're, since, we're talking about, right. uh, since we're talking about you know, people that uh, are dealing with this, uh, 
Dr. Ted Valley. Well, whenever he whenever he was exposed to uh, Zoxpro, he was not a doctor, and he was going through college. He created a family. He created a home for himself, and all those things burden his time. Then he decided to go and become a doctor. He's a chiropractic doctor now. Well, how did he do it? Well, he utilized Zoxpro to totally accelerate everything he was doing and maximized his efficiency in doing everything he needed to do to get his degree fast. Right. And that's what he did. And now he's a, he's a chiropractic doctor. Amazing stories. People need to go to Zoxpro.com, right? Dr. Shannon. Zoxpro.com. That's right. And check out all the different things. We have more news coming. Uh, just stay tuned at ZuckPro.com of all the different social media handles for Dr. Shannon. And we will talk again next week for the next episode. Take care, Dr. Shannon. Thank you very much. You have a great day, Neil. All right. Awesome. Now, again, that was the Photographic Memory Podcast. Take care, guys. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.